Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX 350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $5.28 a month for 36 months with $49.99 to its signing. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We are live on Crowdcast, we're live on YouTube, or maybe we're YouTube, coming to up? you later as a podcast in all the places that podcasts come from. Uh, now, you might notice uh, Justin isn't quite here yet. He should be coming in hot a little later in the show. Um, but hot. Pete, while we're waiting for him, and before we bring our amazing guests on for tonight... Um, can I uh, can I jump ahead a little bit? Is that okay with you? Let's jump ahead. All right. Normally, we wait to talk about what we're drinking until after audience questions, but I, I wanted to bring this up because it's very rapidly <laughs> melting next to me. So Brett Macris, a.k.a. Stray Bullet, our resident chef, got this cookbook. Do you call it a cookbook for drinks? Drink book? Drink book, yeah. Cook drink? Cocktail book? Cocktail sure. book? Novel? Nah. <laughs> sci-fi novel anyway it's called gotham city cocktails it's by a guy named andrea darlington uh and we had a vote on our patreon slack if you're not part of that man get in on that slack action patreon.com slash comic book club uh and tonight uh by popular demand we're doing a drink called the tailfin should i read what the tailfin is yeah yeah is that sure. copyright infringement because i'm reading the probably, book probably okay well here we go we're gonna live on the wild side uh the the description here is inspired by Batman's Hold classic up car. Your drink, so we get. I'm gonna bring it. It's gonna be the reveal. I'm gonna oh, reveal okay. it. Okay, all, right, yeah. all right. The Batmobile is the single greatest piece of equipment prowling the streets of Gotham City. While it's the cause of some anxiety, the beast is also a source of great pride for the city's residents. A few cocktails have been created over the years to glorify this impressive vehicle, but none is as famous as the Tailfin. The cobbled ice in the drink represents the streets of Gotham City, and the two cherries resemble the car's taillights, which are all most people ever see. Whoa. And to give you the ingredient list... That's a little uh, much. It's a little much. Uh, but you got uh, mint leaves. You muddle them on the bottom of the glass, a uh, rocks mm-hmm. glass or a julep cup. You top with crushed ice, pour rye whiskey, Campari, dry vermouth, and sweet vermouth, Benedictine if you want. I did use Benedictine because I do like it. Over the ice, you stir until the glass is cold, and then you garnish with a mint sprig and cherries on a cocktail pick. Uh, yes, what's up, Pete? Uh, of all those ingredients that you listed, how many of those have alcohol in it? <laughs> many of them. Really? Yeah. Does the vermouth the vermouth have alcohol? Um, yes, vermouth has alcohol. Okay. 
I don't drink fancy drinks. I don't know oh, these things. Wait. Hey. <laughs> there you go. Very nice. Did you make yourself a tail fin? Is that what's going on? Yeah, sort of. I just got <laughs> out of the car coming back from um, Memorial Day weekend. And boy, did I make this quickly. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, you have, I should mention, so this is mine, which has started to melt a little bit. Uh, yeah. I have the wrong kind of cherries. I only had maraschino cherries at home. You have Ooh, the urine sample that he's showing us. <laughs> Peace for drinking it all night. It's disgusting. Look at those taillights, baby. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, what do you think? First sip. Great. I don't have mint or some other of the ingredients, but I do have <laughs> a cocktail in front of me. Yeah, it's very strong at first, all I right. would say. Very strong. Uh, but I actually, it's like also extremely bitter because you got the Campari and the Benedictine. Um, yeah. But I like it. And it gets better as I go along as I'm getting towards Ooh. the mint. Big fan. I'm into it as well. Um, but I've just got out of a car um, with two children for um, say about seven and a half hours. So oh, nice. um, I could be drinking pure Great. gasoline. Well, come, in, come into our car with two children for seven and a half hours. That's yes. Not my, right my, my first kids are here. Let's <laughs> get Anybody have to go to the bathroom? Because we're not stopping again. We're uh, not stopping again. So, yes, if you want to get in on this, uh, maybe maybe we'll do this every week. Maybe we'll have a Gotham City cocktail every week. Patreon.com slash comic book club. Definitely Who's got check that it out. kind of money? <laughs> but we stock on Benedictine again. <laughs> Justin, we have a, a bit is. of a theme this week. Yes. Two part theme. One, both of our guesses, guests are Chris's, and both of them know you. Yes. So it's we're going to bring in our show. first one here. He is the founder of Urbanime, which is a new comic book company. Uh, Chris Walker is our guest, and you used yeah. to work with him, right, Justin? Um, I no, I uh, did a, uh, I acted in a project that oh, he, okay. uh, based in a comic book store. Ooh! So you weren't a line producer on this one. <laughs> Purely uh, treading the boards, the um, the cinematic boards. In, uh, in Chris's project. Uh, cool. Well, I have prompted him to come in and keep talking about the project. So wait, wait were you a classically <laughs> trained comic book nerd? Like, what, what was your role here in this? I was just bringing... Um, yeah, I played um, a nerd. Um, uh, hey! Hey, Chris. Hey. How are you doing? He was he was uh, a little more than one producer. He was like the lead. So he's he was the lead, mod. that's right. Yeah. The lead. Well, a lot of uh, Justin line produces on most projects, right? Yeah. Wow, that's not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, well, Chris, welcome to the show. Very excited Thank to you. have you Appreciate here. It. Excited to talk about Urbanime. So, Thank you. to give the ground level of what this is, new comic yep. book company, different yep. take on a comic book company. What's kind of uh, what's your pitch for it for people? Who yeah. Don't know so what I say is that we're a culture times comic book company in the sense that we are a culture driven media company. The goal is to empower black and brown audiences through storytelling. So instead Ooh. of just making superheroes, we say culture is the hero. And so if you think about it that way, uh, it's really kind of comic centric publication. So it could be kind of a long format kind of classic superhero genre fiction story, uh, but still grounded in culture. So, you know, the leads come from kind of experiences that, you know, are really kind of, um, you know, with the name uh, Urbanime, just that kind of urbanity. You know, when I first uh, thought about the brand, very kind of skate hip hop, 
you know, even punk, that cool. sensibility. Uh, but as it's grown, you know, thinking about what are the different types of publications we can make. So what you have is what we call the mixtape. And so the mixtape, yeah. think of it more like a visual mixtape, like a metaphor of themes and subjects. So it's more of an editorial theme. So think about like a complex or a Frank 151. Uh, mm -hmm. If it was illustration based uh, and that illustration was comic books, cartooning uh, panels that uh, use comic book art to tell culture based stories. So those are kind of the two publications that we do. And every once in a while, we'll do what we call an EP, which is like a short drop. So we did uh, a project um, celebrating uh, National Air Max Day with like sneakerhead. So really, again, leaning into that kind of urban culture, urban sensibility and taking that um, that kind of sense of, you know, I mean, all of us, I think, are in New York, that kind of urban sensibility that's around us every day. So that's that's really the goal. And then empowering those audiences, making them the heroes of the story, whether it's them or the culture. Now, the first project that launched, which we're if you're watching live, uh, we're looking at here is called Relic. What was the idea behind that and why was it important to use that as the launch title? Yeah, so Relic, uh, we did uh, a preview of Relic in the mixtape. So that's what we're showing here is the mixtape. And you know, really, oh, no. all of the new comic book fans, right? There's a lot of anime and manga fans. Sure. And so I thought it was a good way to kind of pull them into the brand and tell stories. And, and I always joke, it's like, I don't know what Dragon Ball Z did to like black teenage males, but it was like a brain bomb that went off. It's like, <laughs> it just never come back from it so you know it's like a lot of uh you know things pulled from that i was a big anime fan growing up um yes. you know everybody compares that character to the character in ninja scroll he's actually more like a when we were playing around with him i was like take evangelion and put like a rock armor around the evangelion oh, um, robot yeah. so i think when you see when i say that you can kind of see that sensibility more but it was really just a, a way to launch knowing that there was this new kind of fandom that was very urban very kind of hip-hop and skate i thought this was a way to speak to it bringing in that kind of anime sensibility and mixing it with urban culture taking that's awesome uh yeah. taking sort of a bigger view and you touched on this a little bit before but you got relic you've got these other titles what are you looking for when you're putting together a launch slate you know we've been talking about this a lot and we say we look at a cultural year um mm -hmm versus like a calendar year. Oh, this is something that we do too, really into, again, bringing those sensibilities. So we do fashion spreads. So I had a friend of mine who's a fashion stylist and uh, she awesome. literally styled the characters uh, from the book. So she was like, I need wow. to know their bios, their names. That's cool. For each That's awesome. Character based on what they were into. And so then, you know, you can download this if you go to our website in our drop section and it's uh, discoverable. So you can actually click and find all the styles. And there are a lot of mm. black owned, uh, black and brown owned beauty and fashion brands. So just, again, pulling that cultural ah. element in. And so that's I how love that. The completest. Uh, you go deep there. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's, some real, there's some real deep cuts in this. I mean, like uh, some of the brands are just like, you know, tiny in the sense that like, you know, they're very in that kind of niche in that space. So there's like, you know, uh, I think it's hardware. They're like a black owned skate brand out of New York, you know? So there's probably like a couple thousand people that know about them. And she was like, we need to put this in here because they're like, what's hot right now. So it's a lot of fun. I've always been culture based. You know, I did a lot of stuff um, when I was younger. 
doing like um, illustrations for album covers. So we did some stuff uh, for Diddy and KRS-One and also worked with nice. B12 uh, and Eminem. And then um, we also worked on, when I say we, I often work, I'm very collaborative, so I often work with a lot of teams or other creators that I like. We also did the first um, the first Ghostface Killer graphic novel. Nice. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, been doing this for a while, and this is, like, really kind of pulling it together. So, again, to answer your question, it, it's looking at that cultural year. So, you know, there's Air Max Day. Um, Relic, we really want to get it out. We put it out at the end of Black History Month. month and so, um, we're working on, uh, it's June now, so this is Black Music Month. So, we have a big program in store uh, for Black Music Month. Again, pulling comics, and, you know, we're all comic book fans here, right? So, you know, it's it's that whole Scott McCloud theory, right? It's like comics are one of the most powerful storytelling mediums, you know, out there. We're we're just t- using them a lot to tell, you know, superhero stories, but they can tell a lot of other stories. Uh, Chris, I feel like you work in so many, or over the years, you've worked in so many different parts of the media. Is this sort of <laughs> you like pulling everybody together? Like, all right, let's do this, guys. It is. It. it is. It is. We got. We, you know, you'll get the phone call after this. Like. Thanks for the reconnect, guys. I got I got work for Justin. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. I got a goatee. I'm different now. I'm, I'm Dude, I, was like, Yo, I, wasn't, I wasn't ready. Like this is like uh, HBO Max Showtime, Justin. It's That's like, right. I'm saying I'm a little different. edgier, right? a little more dangerous. Like, it's like it's not the Mickey Mouse Club anymore. Like he did a naked no. music video. He's like, "Yo, I'm out there. I'm in the streets. <laughs> I'm deadly serious. I'm the villain. At the, I'm the reveal at the end. We flash back to the early. I'm not nice. I love. I'm it. a monster. <laughs> I love it. When you're trying to do something like this, where you're being so reactive to the culture, uh, you may be aware of this, but comics take a while to put out. So how do you how do you balance those two <laughs> yeah. things in terms of the schedule of releasing a comic, but also making something that feels current, feels fresh? They do, and I think when you look at the medium, um, the long format stuff takes time, right? So like to put out the next issue of Relic is going to take some time. Uh, we have uh, a series that we're working on called Codex. That's about a young uh, hacker who hacks like the source code to reality. We want to really base it in like STEM and like black women in tech. So that's going to take a while just doing the research, making sure that we have a good creative team. Shout outs to Ashley Wood. I've been talking to her about possibly doing some uh, some character designs for it. So that sort of stuff takes time. But the more reactive stuff, um, I think it's designing it to work. Um, and I'd done a little bit of magazine stuff. So to talk to what Justin said before, I worked in magazines, um, published a magazine before, a fan of magazines. So then it's like deconstructing, you know, the comic book process. So, um, you know, not to reveal too much with the mixtape we have coming out for Black Music Month, but we're doing a story with the Apollo. And so I'm building that right. as like the main story. And then I'll tell different stories around it. So we've been talking to School E.D., and talking to him about, you know, yeah, so a lot of cool stuff. So it's like, how do you, how do you not draw 50 pages, right? So then it's like, it, it was funny, you guys would love this. I was looking at Tokyo Pop. Do you remember the manga chapter books? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So deep cuts, right? So I'm yeah. looking at manga chapter books and saying, like, how do you pull illustration and prose, make it interesting from a magazine standpoint? How do you design it so that it's fun? Right. It's very scannable. There's like really cool art. So thinking about things that way, because to your point, it does take time. But if you've got really good comic book artists, uh, shout out to Ryan Adagawa, who I work with a lot in Harold Edge. You know, I think if you have a, a sharp description of what you want, 
you know, they can just sit down and do it. And so, um, you know, I do a lot of things like pulling uh, mood boards and art boards and references. So when they sit down and work, they're, they're very, very focused. What about release, uh, the way that you're putting out the books? You know, something that we talk about a lot on the show is, frankly, that the way that mainstream comics come out can be very archaic. Pete's going to yell at me right yeah. now for saying that. But <laughs> I do think there are some things that are very behind the times versus right. you're talking about a comic book as a mixtape. A mixtape, obviously, is going to be distributed very differently from, say, right. here's a sampler that we're putting in comic shops. So right. what, if anything, are you doing that is... Yeah coming that in a different way and and i I appreciate that question um you know the the monthly comics are hard i think for independent publishers right so i was talking to i was on a panel you know i think i'm all cool i'm like oh i've cracked the code and i forgot what i was on but there are some other black creators i think it was virtuous con and they're like yeah like this is how you do it when you're not cash flush the way a marvel or dc is right like you put out these I call them chapter books, right? But it's like when we were growing up, it's like it's meaty enough so that you feel like you got something, but it's incomplete enough that you look forward to the next one coming out. And that's what I've noticed a lot of independent publishers, especially the smaller ones, if you're not like an IDW or, you know, that size where it's like I need enough to kind of get my story and my character out there, get people excited, and then I can keep them engaged on social media or small releases along the way. So I think there's that um, really focus on digital uh, publishing, uh, doing uh, Amazon Kindle as a way, mm-hmm. uh, just because as you can tell with what we're doing, we're also focused on, um, you know, not only the direct market, but thinking about people who might be a music fan or a skate fan or someone who's not as familiar with the direct market or Comixology. Um, so even Comixology was a great platform and Kindle's built on it. Um, people just know that Kindle name, right? So instead of like having to go and download Comixology, you know, hey, this is on Kindle. Great, let me go download it. I have Kindle. So it's making small choices like that. And then with the digital, you know, we want to be really sharp on, you know, who likes our book. Um, you know, oh. uh, fantasy graphic novel the next day, like uh, Nick Leslie. Uh, I feel like maybe does this help? We sort of massage the Wi-Fi <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know, Chris. I don't know if you can hear no, us, but oh, there we go. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you one, froze for a second. For one second. I was saying, you know, once with that, like once we've discovered and we know our base, I think it's about then making print, right, and making collectibles and making it fun. So if you're a relic fan and we go to print, how do we make that print really cool for you? Because yeah. When you have analog things in a digital space, they're precious, right? And if you know that, as a collector or a fan, I want to make it, you know, that much more of an experience. So, you know, back to old, old days, the '90s, right? Like now, you can do uh, a metallic, you know, uh, run or all those special things that we like because it's like, no, I really like this, and it's enough to go out and like you're on Patreon and the other platforms, and you can take it to a platform, and instead of just like, hey you know, give us 10 bucks for this. It's like, no, like you're a relic fan. We're doing something, you know, really special for you. And it's super limited edition. So then you can go stunt on other people. You collect the people. Well, that's what I love about it is like just putting something out there where you're bringing in all these different uh, things that you love and just seeing who responds to it. Like that's the hardest part of anything is just having the thing 
and throwing right. it into the center of the circle and being like, what are we, where are we at with this? Like, who's interested? What, what do you like? What don't you like? Let's keep working on this. Yeah. And you know, you've seen the majors do it too. I think Marvel and DC have gotten really smart about it. Um, I really loved, um, I don't know if they do it anymore. Top Cow when they did the pilot season. Yeah. So you've, you've seen them, you know, I take, you know, I look at everybody and what they're doing. I think Marvel and DC have iterated different ways where they'll make like smaller projects or they'll put like five or six shorts and they'll kind of get a feel for a character. So to your point, Justin, it's about doing that test and learn uh, to kind of, and, and sometimes you might have a character that people really love, but you know, it's not a big enough base for that character to stand alone. So then you try and put that character in more books, right? So that person who, you know, really has an affinity, they're like, all right, well, they're not getting their own series, but I'll read the Avengers. I'll read Spider-Man when they show up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than Relic, which is out, I believe, what else is coming yep. down the pike? So coming down the pike, uh, we have this big program uh, lined up for uh, Black Music Month. So we're very excited. Uh, uh, we say it's our music, our story in the sense that you know, to celebrate Black Music Month is also a celebration of the people and the experiences and the culture that created the music. And so that's a big thing that we're doing now. If you go to the website, you can sign up for a new music takeover. So we have some really cool partners, Sway Calloway from uh, Sway in the Morning. So he's been yeah, promoting nice. us. Uh, there's a company called Digiwax. He's got the answers. He has the answers for us. I'm, I'm happy right. about it. Yeah, he, he it's, it's usually right. It's usually a yes, I'll do that, and I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, man, it's no problem. Oh, that's, so that's it, awesome. It's nice being like a new company and having someone like him. But Digiwax is they so Digiwax is a record sharing or a record pool company where DJs literally talk about records, right? So when you think about black music and that kind of cultural heritage, part of it is the conversations that people have about music and how it cultivates sound. So. Well, you'll have a chance to be like a fly on the wall and kind of hear DJs talk about it. And they're like club DJs and record DJs from around the country. We're going to have like an artist masterclass where we'll have conversations on Clubhouse about how to work on your career. So those are things that we're doing. And then we'll cap it off with like a mixtape, pulling all those conversations together in an editorial. So it should be a lot of fun. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome that, man. We have a codex and then we have a couple other titles that, you know, I'm always happy to talk about, but, um, you know, we're trying to get these two out mm-hmm. the door. We do have a, a project that we're working on with Sway called uh, Swayverse, and it's all about uh, Sway and like his stories of hip hop. So he's like the hip hop nice. and we'll be announcing yeah. that. And <laughs> he's got a million stories. Yeah. I worked right? with him on uh, a, a one thing a few years ago, and man, he just knows everyone and everything, Dude. and he'll just go. Dude, he like there. There's no one in hip hop that you can't mention that that he doesn't yeah. know. I'm, I'm hoping he'll make the Obama call and be like, Obama, <laughs> you like comic books? <laughs> that would be amazing. That's fantastic, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Sure. Good luck with everything. Excited yeah, to check really. out all of the titles. Yeah, can't wait to check it out. Thank so you cool, man. Sure. And if I can give a plug, urbanime.com, go there, go to the drops, download, plug in. There'll be a lot of cool stuff. So, Awesome. Thank you, Chris. Right, Have awesome. a good night. Thanks a lot. Thank you, man. Hey, Chris. Right. Great to catch right. up. Good to see you, Justin. Later. All right. There we go. Once uh, again, that was Chris Walker from Urbanime. You can check out uh, the mixtape. is free to download right now, and it'll give you a sampler of a bunch of titles. So definitely check that out. Very cool. Um why don't we pull in your second Chris? Well, I, it's not like I 
purposefully cultivated this. This isn't yeah. a show about me. Oh, and I is. was eight minutes late or whatever. Like it's not like some <laughs> star vehicle for me. Listen, just because you just got off of your yacht and then grabbed yourself a drink, <laughs> got on the show. It's fair, and I, and I swear, I know I'm dressed like uh, some sort of golf uh, yeah. uh, person, Yuppie. but I didn't. This is all just a series of accidents that have mm. us here having a great time. Well, our second guest uh, who is making his way into the stream here is a friend of the show. We've had him on many times before, Chris Mm -hmm. Dunn. He's also a former writer for the WWE. He just left. So I know a bunch of you are wrestling fans out there. If you're over on YouTube watching, you got any questions about what goes on behind the scenes of the WWE, drop them in the comments there. Same thing here on Crowdcast and ask a question. We talked to him before the show, and Chris was very specific. He's ready to break the whole thing wide open. Yeah. Very negative. No, he's positive about the experience. But if you guys are curious about anything that happens behind the scenes, uh, definitely let us know as Chris makes I'm just texting. uh, I'm resetting him the link to make sure he um, apparently didn't work when he just clicked on it. So we might have a minute to talk about other Chris's out in the world. Here it is. There you go. Look at this. Chris number two, Chris number one in our hearts. How are you doing, Chris? Yeah, I was. Uh, you saved it because earlier when you you started the show, Alex, and you you said I was Justin's friend. I was like, I was hurt. I've known you for over a decade. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And That's like, true. Justin, so Justin friend, booked like, you. How many, Justin like, booked how, you. How many Elephant Larry shows have I seen? Like, fair enough. I may not have a fancy Gotham City drink, but like we've definitely <laughs> had a couple of adult sodas. <laughs> wow. Coming at us from Stately Dunn <laughs> Manor, Chris Dunn. Yeah. yeah. From the port. <laughs> Roasted from yeah, the well, port. Since I've left WWE, I've, uh, I've, I've picked up a job as a, a billionaire playboy. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else on top of that. That place is holding you back. Oh, um, I love it. Jokes aside, thank you guys for having me on. Like, uh, uh, the show has been a big part of my life for a very long time, and you guys are uh, three of my favorite people. So I'm, I'm excited, oh, excited to do oh, this, man. especially Pete. Oh, wow, <laughs> Chris, well, it's great the future. To see you, man. Yeah, it's it is really very good, good to see I'm you. Just trying not to be like a, I'm just trying not to be like a Justin Tyler crony. I'm trying to, you know, play to mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah, I don't have cronies go. here. I'm just a guy. Uh, yeah. We barely know each Justin other. Justin doesn't I, have any friends here. Let's be very clear. Exactly, <laughs> enemies. This is a hot little lion's <laughs> den for me. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you shouldn't have taken off the, the handkerchief. It was getting a good, uh, <laughs> a good vibe in the, in the chat. Yeah. I, believe I saw it, the tube It's called zone. an ascot. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> uh, when I'm on the yacht, when the helicopter mm-hmm. lands to drive me here, it keeps the wind from getting into my uh, goatee. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, smart. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so, sorry. It's, uh, it's been windy all day on the helipad. So, Chris, let's start <laughs> off with kind of the obvious thing here, like the meeting thing here. You worked at the WWE writing for years. Um, what just general broad strokes what was the experience like and why did you eventually decide to leave you know it was uh it was a really positive experience like i you know i grew up a big wrestling fan and then on and off as an adult and i think like you know we're all huge comic book fans here and i think like you know if you look at comic books we have like years and decades of stories with the same character you kind of have you kind of have that with wwe too where it's like you know, a generational story that like goes back in decades. Like, you know, I, I got to work with like a ton of people. I, I watched on TV as a kid from like Stone Cold Steve Austin to Triple H, Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels. Like 
they were they've been in my life since i was like some like mike sean michaels since i was like five or six like and i'm i am an old man now Uh, (laughs) no doubt you're definitely the oldest one here you look great (laughs) i don't know about that thank you i I like let's let's talk more about that um (laughs) no um it's uh you know it's it was cool to get to contribute to it and like i know i know how much i loved it and hopefully you know it takes a lot to a lot of like people to put like from you know the talent to the writers to like the production crew um it's kind of like a traveling band to an extent and it takes a lot of things to make a show go right and hopefully yeah i got to contribute a little bit and like help uh make people enjoy it like i enjoyed it i love what you're saying about the way the similarities to comics because the pace at which you're creating story i feel like there are very few entertainment anything that moves at the same pace that i feel like comic books move at where it's like constantly like how where's the story going how are we crossing this over with different stories and just like talking to you over the course of your time there like it was wild the pace (laughs) you guys were making stuff let alone producing stuff like you're you're a writer but you're ending up on set producing a remote piece with like nine different things happening like talk about that a little bit yeah it was wild so like you know Justin and I have have known each other for a very long time and like for years uh he had a a live um a fantastic show at UCB East actually opened the theater every Friday night um and helped close the theater too and like when I started working for WWE the workload was so intense like you don't have a lot of free time because it's 52 weeks a year it's now seven hours a week between USA and Fox when you include all three shows. So a lot of the times, like I would be like writing in the subway and then like uh, writing like at the bar before the show. And then like, if there was a comic that I knew that wasn't going to be great, I would go to the green room. Right. And then just list them. Then, just like, list them you know, real just quick. All done. Well, let's, let's save that for, you know, maybe post show. Um, <laughs> um, you tell, sometimes you tell oh great set. And then, yeah, you, didn't see yeah. So, you were in the bar writing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I wish I could name writing a wrestler, but I can't. Drunk only writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, just to take a step back and a sort of uh, bigger, broader view question for people who don't know, like myself, I think, what are you actually writing on a WWE show? Is it producing the segments? Is it feeding lines to the wrestlers so that maybe they can like respond in the moment? Oh, or does it just vary? It's really like a, a jack of all trades uh, job. Unfortunately, during my time there, I was a match, master of none. But um, it, uh, <laughs> essentially, you essentially you kind of need to be able to do everything, right? Like, you know, when Justin was talking about like your like your breaking story, and it could be a story you're doing like that is a year build, or it can be a story for just like that week, um, because like you're always on and it's never stopping. And then too, like you know, if somebody tears their ACL, like everything a year worth of stuff can like go up and smoke oh, real wow. quick so like you know if you're if i'm the writer of mar of east town kate winslet tearing her acl isn't keeping me up at night uh, <laughs> by uh, the way i don't i don't want to say that the wrestling on that show was fake i think oh, wow. it's like Alex, I, I, I think i think fired. kate was faking it i'm sorry how dare you i'm yeah, at the end of the day, I'm just happy Wawa got love from uh, an Academy Award winning actress. Um, <laughs> no time. Rolling then, Rock. Uh, hashtag Rolling Rock. Yeah, gang. so essentially, like, yeah, hashtag Rolling Rock. They're, they're sponsoring the after party on another Zoom. Um, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, 
but yeah, so it's like you're breaking story, and then like it's a lot. It's a very dialogue heavy job uh, where you're writing. You're essentially writing all the dialogue, and um, during the week when you get the TV, and then like day of the TV, you're working with the wrestlers on rewriting that stuff, and like you're getting rewrites, you know, from various people uh, who are above you, like and. And then, too, it's like you're producing the backstages and the in-ring segments and on headset giving like trying to stay ahead of the, the TV truck, telling them what's going to happen, because, you know, it's just so such an immense show and it's such like a huge production where it's like and you're always like, you know, when you start a new job, like you're usually in television, you usually start in pre-production. There is no pre-production here. You're just always in production. <laughs> Um, so you can't kind of really map stuff out and plan stuff out. You just gotta like roll with the punches and adjust during the day. And because there are like so many different people involved too, it's a lot like SNL in a way where you're rewriting day of on set all day. Uh, even as the show's going on occasionally. And as a line producer, I get it. It's difficult. Um, <laughs> let me <show. laughs> Um, we, I, I didn't grow up as a wrestling fan, but, um, Chris, uh, following your work and uh, I've gone to see um, SmackDown a couple times. And actually, the was the day before pandemic. Um, Chris, we were, yeah, I we were say, in Brooklyn, yeah. man, at that that crazy oh yeah wrestling event. Yeah, Chris got us tickets to see SmackDown, and yeah. Alex, Pete, and I. It's the last picture on my phone before <laughs> pandemic. Is the three of us idiots in the crowd being like, yeah? <laughs> well, it's I remember really, though we talked about it. We we're like, should we be here? Yeah, it's free tickets. Yeah, let's get a giant. <laughs> it was couple great. Giant it was so much fun. So good. So thank you. Yeah, it was. Uh, We're here to say I thank always... you. But let me just say, like, uh, what I've always been—I've been amazed the couple times I've seen it with just the theatricality of it. And as a classically trained actor, theatricality is really where my <laughs> head goes. And it is—it's stunning the things that that you guys pull off on a day of basis is is wild. And the fact that there's. It's not like there's a rehearsal process. All of the actual f- wrestling moves and physicality is just something they're in, like, con- it's like improv. They're in constant physical communication, able to pull it off in an arena with, you know, three cameras on them and a, a thousand people maybe cheering them on. Like, it's wild. Yeah, when you're on, like, when you're on headset there and you hear, like, Kevin Dunn, who is, you know, one of the showrunners of the show, he has, like, that dude has like the toughest job in all of television. And he, every week he, he crushes it and does like a great job. Like you just hear him and it's like, he's dealing with like more like, you know, a bunch of us here have worked in TV production and like being on a headset and being control rooms. Like I, you never hear, like you never hear anything like being on a headset in WWE with like all the, like from like having to hit the pyro to the music to being like five steps ahead wow. on like the promo. Um, you know, that guy and like their director, like Marty Miller are just like really some of the most talented people in all of television. Now, Justin was mentioning just dealing with the crowd and everything. Obviously that's been very different during the pandemic. How, how did that challenge you as a writer having to tweak and change things when there wasn't a crowd on nearly the same level? So it was, it was, it definitely had an impact on the product. Uh, and it was a hard adjustment at first. Um, I essentially, when the pandemic hit, uh, the first the first episode I did was because I was on Raw at the time. 
um, was it was a 316 day, which was supposed to be this big event for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. And like it was very hard to kind of figure out that promo. Obviously, like Steve had like what he wanted to do. And usually when you're working with a talent that big, they kind of take the lead on what they're going to what they want to say, bet. what they want to do. But it was just like very odd and like off putting. And then as time went on, like there's a couple different errors of like pandemic WWE. Like there's the performance center, which like, thank God, you know, the company had that um because like you had a place to do tv um but then like it definitely was hurting like the product a lot and like well it definitely took back from the product because the audience is such a huge thing so like you know for example like i um like i helped do these these off sites with like the the street profits and the viking raiders like all all year just because we wanted to get out of the arena um just because of lack of fans and um you know, it, it actually, from a comic book standpoint, it culminated in a, like a really cool cinematic match, uh, which, you know, had the, both teams kind of like team up like a B-movies Avengers that was like, had a lot of comic book elements. But then like, you know, not having the crowds in the performance center were, was like really rough. But I think the positive is like, you know, you were, you were doing a lot more backstage and a lot more intimate promos in like very cool settings. And I think. Oh, no. <laughs> they shut him down. These exactly. Vince Vince is Vince like get him out of there. Like, pull the feed. Pull the feed. These Chris's are having struggling with their Wi-Fi's. Oh, they really are. Oh, this is um, too bad. Do you want to pick it up, Justin? You want to tell about? Yeah, I'll just finish up. But we worked and we rehearsed this before, and he wrote all these yeah. lines. So I'll just finish them up. Oh, um, this so is we, fake. This is fake. I get it. <laughs> it's it's all scripted. Um. Yes, this Here, is. Wait, also I'm gonna good. I'm gonna kick Chris out and then welcome him back in again. This will be fun nice. for the audio podcast. Yeah, yeah. well, we could fill it. Pete, how are you? I feel like I haven't talked to you in at oh, least. Oh, thanks, days. man. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, you know, doing all right. I just got off the road trip with my kids in the car, and it was just so much no, stress. That's me. You're confusing oh, me and right. you no, again. No, no, yeah, yeah, I'm that one. You. You're you. Yeah, yeah. And I'm me. Yeah, my fault. My fault. What are you uh, drinking that looks like urine? Uh, it's a, uh, a little bit of the mystic mango mania and vodka. Mystic, mystic mango, mango mania. mania? Oh, yeah, what dude. is, you're really pushing the borders of, um, just beverages in general. <laughs> you know, constantly looking for a new, new way to introduce vodka into my life. Uh, now Pete, you were, a, you grew up as a wrestling fan. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Old school. Yeah. As, uh, as Chris was saying, Chris number two. Uh, you know, we're old. So yeah, like I grew up, uh, you know, Andre the Giant, uh, oh, you know, okay. Coco Beware, uh, the Iron so, Sheik, that kind of stuff. You know, Just to mean? give people context, this is the first timeline in Young Rock, not the second timeline. The third timeline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. Just to look explain at, it so everybody's going to I was trying to speak the language, <laughs> trying to really connect. Of an NBC comedy that nobody watches? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, this is sort of like a young Sheldon situation. Is what <laughs> yeah. About. yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I used to uh, I used to love it as a kid, and especially you know, uh, you know, with my friends, we would all try to you know recreate the moves and stuff. And a lot of kids got hurt doing that, so it's good times. Yeah. No, I'm familiar with the the um, middle school party where it's just like a bunch of couch cushions on the floor. It's like, all right, yeah, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, let's try to do this. And it's like, well, someone broke their clavicle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now we got to go to the hospital. 
Uh, all right. Here's what here's what I think we're going to do, because we know Chris and Chris is a good guy uh, since he seems to be having some trouble going on, getting back in here. Why don't we move on with the show? And if he's able to hook back in, we'll just bring him back in and keep talking about wrestling. Sound good? Wrestling? That's great. He hasn't he hasn't talked comics yet. I know he wants. to. Yes, talk that yeah. too. Um, so we'll definitely talk all of that stuff. In the meantime, we're going to move on to our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It is your audience question. Audience Christians. They're nope, questions. Nope, really, oh, no. Nope. They're not questions. You've been on the yacht too long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Any audience questions? Same rules as questions for Chris apply. All you got to do is drop a question in the comments over on YouTube, and we will read them here on Crowdcast. Drop them and ask a question, and we will answer them. Oh, there's Chris. Hey! hey! There we go. It's audience Christians, as we were talking about. Real, real. You guys missed some good stuff. Oh, <laughs> Just uh, you and the grasshoppers. What? One thing I wanted to ask yeah. is like because wrestlers are so huge, like was it hard for you to kind of like work on the script with them? Were you like, hey, listen, Stone Cold, why don't you try knocking two beers together? You know what I mean? Like how Do you were mean they physically open? huge or just huge in terms of fame? Well, I'm just what? wondering, like, you know, like is it hard to like give somebody notes who's taller than you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's it like working with tall people? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, no, it's uh, uh, they are very tall people, uh, mm-hmm. but um, a lot Muscly. of them are really awesome. Like it's, yeah, it very much. You know, they they do not they do not miss Corday. Um, the for me, like when wrestling works as best uh, between a writer and a wrestler, it's like a real collaboration. And um, I'm very lucky that like I worked with a group of wrestlers from like. You know, the Street Profits to Seth, Seth Rollins to, you know, Bianca Belair and R-Truth who, and like uh, others who were just like really knew their characters, uh, really understood story um, and really just wanted to make the best uh, segment possible and best show possible. So um, like Seth Rollins, man, like I, I probably, unless I worked with him a lot over last year, I probably like never wrote a word for him but i would give him suggestions like he he was like that guy like it's such a good like under has such a good knowledge of story and what's going on through the whole show and then like other wrestlers like need more help where you kind of like you know sometimes like the worst thing in wrestling is like if you watch it and i think it's a problem now like essentially with like all these all you know wwe and the competition there's just so much content and there's almost so much stuff you can say so like you don't want every promo to essentially be about like I want to win the title, but because it just like after like seven hours of WWE and like the two hours of AEW and like any of the like New Japan stuff or like any of that stuff, it's just it's the same thing over and over again. So how can you how can you tell a personal story within the constructs of a, a sports you know serialized story? Um, and luckily, like I got to work with a lot of talent who understood how to do that. Cool. Uh, we do have a couple of questions for you, actually. Uh, you kind of touched on this one, but Nelson Martinez over on YouTube says, are there any wrestlers in particular you enjoyed writing for most and also working with most? Yeah, you know, the, the people I mentioned, like, um, you know, first off, like, uh, like the probably the biggest that I talked to, uh, who I'm still close to, and I just, I love dearly, is R-Truth. Uh, he is 
he understands comedy better than most human beings I've ever met. And oh, wow. as like, you mm-hmm. guys can attest, I've been to a lot of comedy shows. That guy, like he, like he is, if there is a good <laughs> joke, he is going to go for it and go like a hundred miles per hour. And like, um, you know, the prophets are like, you know, some of the best guys you'll ever meet and like some of the most talented people you'll ever meet. And those guys are going to have amazing careers. And, you know, Bianca Belair just man invented WrestleMania, like, and was the first, you know, in a, with uh, Sasha Banks as like the two first black women to ever, you know, main event WrestleMania, which was really cool. And like Seth's great. And like, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are also awesome. And just the, there's a ton of awesome people. Awesome. Uh, we met, <clears throat> We met Hurricane Helms, and he actually yeah. did our show um, from because you, you worked there. with him. That was one of my last. Uh, that was I, I took pictures in the front row, like you guys did, you know, at wrestling as my last <laughs> pandemic moment. Uh, yeah, uh, but he's a big comic fan, and, and really incorporates, you know, brings comics into his his wrestling work. Well, speaking of which, we got a question yeah, he, here. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh. No, please go ahead, Chris. Uh, oh no, it's uh, he's uh. He's he had one of my favorite characters of all time. Like, I don't know if he talked about this on the show, but it was like really awesome. Like where uh, his character was a superhero, but then he started interviewing people as like a mm-hmm. Clark Kent style character, and it was so good. Like we did this, uh, we did this insane web series for Old Spice right before I left. I made sure uh, mm-hmm. to get Hurricane in it as character, just because he's um, he's just the best. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, this is yeah. a question here on Crowdcast from Mike Spear Jr. Chris, have you ever checked out any wrestling comics like the WCW comic from the '90s or Headlocked? I I I checked out the WCW comic. Um, I had I had some WWF ones. I can't. I don't recall any of them. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I def I definitely bought them, and I've I've. I'm at my parents' house right now visiting their, their new place and um, I'm going through my old comics, figuring out like ooh, what to sell and what not to. Ooh. And uh, oh, no. I'm, sell I'm hoping to hope. Well, you know, it's everything's digital now and I got, I got, I got my, my house is pretty crowded. So, <laughs> well, wait, uh, on the podcast. So I apologize. Yes, you did. Well, on yeah. that note, how are you? We've talked about this so many times on the show before, but how are you deciding like what stays and what goes? Yeah. Oh man. It's, I think like anything I see that has like a, a personal connection to me. Like I, you know, the, the daredevil, a bunch of daredevil stuff, like is stuff I grew up on, whether it's like the Bendis or the Brubaker, um, even the Frank Miller stuff. And like, when I, I see that I have a, like a genuine reaction because I haven't looked at those in so long. Wow. And it's just like very nice to see and like take me back to like, not just like being a fan of like the writing and like seeing, remembering how it influenced me as a writer, but also just like a time in my life. And like, mm, yeah. you know, when I was like getting into comics and just like going to the, you know, the comic store every week, like Joker's wild in like Ridgewood, New Jersey, and just like crushing it, you know, Shout out. <laughs> spending way too much money. Oh yeah. Well, the money was more valuable then, you know, that allowance based mm-hmm. yeah, economy. That... It means more when you're dropping it. Uh, would you have... And also Midtown oh, Comics, right. if they're willing to give me any free shit. Yes. All right. Nice. Uh, Stick around. <laughs> Another question over from YouTube. Yeah. Have you ever shared a cold beer with Stone Cold? Ooh. <laughs> so, no, but... Oh. Um, so, like, the... Pro- so, I've, I've only met Stone Cold once 
uh, and like, you know, when I said I worked on like that promo, like a ton of people worked on it, so it just wasn't me. Uh, but after we were at the end of the show, like you have like Austin celebrating the ring of this empty performance center. It's like a very surreal, like piece of television to watch. And then like Becky Lynch, who, you know, is, was like the big star in the company at the, the, before she went and had a baby. She like, she came out, had like a beer with Stone Cold Steve Austin. They're cracking beers. Then after the show, the street profits came out and they got, they took stunners and there's like a beer bath around the ring. What I did do I did try to get him. I was like, oh, like I carried the leftover beers over. And I was like, oh, thank you so much for the day. He was very nice. I was like hinting like, hey, do you want to have a beer with me? No. <laughs> uh, he, like, he, he left. Like, I, I, by the way, I didn't, I didn't flat out ask. I was just like, hey, like I have like these beers in my hand. And, <laughs> nice. But like. The offer was on the table. Yeah. Like, I'm a person. You're just, a person. I just took the three. Yeah. Like, let's just. Let's just make a connection. See what's out there. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but then I essentially took the three uh, stone, like Stone Cold has own beer line, and they're like his beers, IPAs. I took them back to the sure. hotel and just drank them, thinking about like, oh, what this pandemic world will look like. And now we're here. Wow. Uh, we, we have another one over from YouTube. This is from Craven Cards and Comics. Do you collect autos or wrestling cards? Autos, I assume. Autographs? Uh, no. Not cars? I, <laughs> autographs, yeah. Do you collect autos? By that, I mean vehicles that we drive in. <laughs> Automobiles? wrestlers who are like Transformers. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if that was real, yeah. I'd collect them, too. I'd hunt them down, and I'd, I'd keep them in some sort of human car zoo. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> it's called a garage, Alex. <laughs> um i don't i don't collect autographs i you know when you when it's your job to watch set wrestling's great i i grew up on it it had a big impact on me <laughs> watching seven hours a week of it for work is a lot so mm -hmm. i did not really like collect anything while i was there i have a couple mementos of things i'm proud of like i I have um I have like a buzzer from the Bianca Belair promo like vignettes that she did these Mr. Perfect style vignettes that are really cool. I kept one of those because I was really proud of them. Um, I have some like Old Spice T-shirts from the, that web series and like a Sammy Award from when myself and a couple other writers produced the, this award big award show that was awesome. Um, but no, I, I maybe I should have kept more things and collected more things. It's just you know when you're in that job, it like even when you're on vacation it is a part of you. Uh, you need like separation at church and state a little bit. At least mm -hmm. I do. Um, so I can, because I want to be a full rounded person. Totally. If I had that and job, we'll though, I, I probably would have locked them in some sort of human zoo. But mm. you do you. <laughs> oh, the... I will say this Car cards, uh, cards. Uh, uh -huh. Our friend, uh, Phil, uh, it was my birthday yep. during the pandemic. Uh, Phil was nice enough to drive i was living in west hollywood at the time he was living like all the other way he drove in his pickup truck and his big gift his two gifts for me was a cupcake and a pack of wcw cards and when you look oh, at wow. those like early 90 cards they i wish i i wish i was at home and i could show them to you they are there are some there are some hell, haircuts back then <laughs> strong haircuts shout out to phil del costello yeah. good friend uh, uh yeah. i don't know if you're gonna want to answer this one i'll just throw it out here this is from jason is christie who so who is actually killing the business if nobody is how should one go about killing the business wow <laughs> <laughs> By killing in that, uh, I guess my question is like, why do you, why do you think the business is being killed? Like there, there's, 
there are seven hours of WWE alone on TV. I'm like, A and E is is not, or I'm not A and E. A A W uh, has a show on Turner or TV TNT, and I think they're going to TBS. Mm-hmm. Like in like I'm I'm not I'm a little behind on my wrestling news, but I think they're going to TBS. Uh, if that's wrong, I apologize. Uh, but um, and then like WWE has like three one billion dollar deals with like Universal, Fox, and uh, and um, what's the other one? Oh yeah, uh, Peacock. So it's like yeah. it seems like they're do- they're doing well. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, this like, is are the ratings what they were in the Attitude Era? No, but like. If you're a wrestling fan, there's more wrestling than ever. And like the actual in ring product is arguably the best it's ever been with some of the best athletes who've ever done it. Yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, yes, you're absolutely right. AEW is now on TBS and TNT. Uh, they're called the T-Nets, though, so let's use the appropriate nature. When we're <laughs> Alex jumping in yeah. with it. His wrestling is cable network television. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but I, I, this is for, like, very be, much an outside perspective I, of the most wrestling I've ever seen is when you invited us to see a wrestling match. But, yeah, I mean, it's as popular as ever, if not more so. I mean wrestlers are in every single movie. You got John Cena and Dave Bautista are in pretty much everything right now, let alone The Rock. So, like, it's clearly, yeah. even beyond the wrestling itself, it's a feeder for popular culture right now, and it's it's thick. There you go. <laughs> when you said the peanuts, I had, like, a, I had an image of, like, AEW doing their, inver- their version of Impractical Jokers and me <laughs> asking Justin as a line producer for a job on it. <laughs> uh, I will say uh, we have some more negative comments about wrestling over here on YouTube where somebody says, why has Rob been uh, OG says, why has Rob been so horrible lately? Better athletes. Yes. Better product. Hardly. Um, mm. This is, this is without lumping on anybody. It almost feels like to draw the connection between wrestling and comics. Again, people who love the thing also hate the thing at the same time. Is that uh, seem fair to you? A hundred percent. Like, um, and like, mind you, I haven't, I haven't watched any wrestling since I, I left. Um, I'm, I'm trying to like take a little bit of a break, but like, it's definitely like, it's definitely a lot like comics in that way. Like when you're watching like, you know, a, a, a TV series, it's like, Oh, like, I guess we'll see what happens next week. And then like, if somebody loses a match, they then like their whole career is over. Like, as, like when I was a fan, like the Daniel Bryan story where he was kept on these difficult situations and had to overcome losses. Um, it was like, it was, it was such an impactful store underdog story. Like same thing, like with like Kofi Kingston and Kofi mania, like, you know, hopefully like there is a, a plan and like you see that over a number of weeks um, and it pays off. Sometimes you have to change those plans on the fly. Uh, but, you know, I think like the, there is a there should be a place you want to get to and hopefully you get there occasionally things like that change like sometimes a sometimes a wrestler that you really believe in they're not connecting with the audience and they're not ready like sometimes people get hurt sometimes like a segment runs long and like us you lose time and like a match that was supposed to have like eight minutes has like five minutes so there's a lot of it takes a 
it takes less things for a wrestling show to go wrong than to go right. Like one mm-hmm. thing can throw mm-hmm. everything completely off the trails where it takes like a group of really talented people and a team effort to put on a really great show. But it sounds like you have a veritable I do. Disney movie of birds behind you. So <laughs> things can't be going that poorly for you. Oh, it's, there when you have your own birds it, your life changes in so many ways the birds dressed you today right sort of uh yeah you know chris do you, do you want me to introduce my bird guy <laughs> yeah bring in the bird guy yeah, bring in the bird guy uh yeah, birds oh, no. it strikes I, 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 I me send you his number uh, I don't know if you know this, birds are animals, and another animal is a panther, and I hear you've been enjoying Black Panther, the comic book. Wow. Lately. Worked hard for that one. Smooth. Yeah. Feeling absolutely uh, smooth. If is... you want me to do one of those wrestling promos, let me know. <laughs> no need for quotes on that, really. That's some really impressive hosting, and I would say I'm surprised, but I've seen you perform for many years, not just just in the to bring it all around in my own way, like a jerk. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, it's uh, I like I've always been a fan of Coates and like kind of uh, you know, sampled his stuff here and there, but like when I heard he was writing Superman for, for JJ and Warner Brothers, I really did like a big uh, deep dive uh on his all of his comic book work and like it was definitely like it was very cool like it reminded me of like stuff like bendis and brubaker where like you have ancillary characters which i've always cared about and been interested in but they got like really fleshed out and expanded and um yeah i just like i wish i was on a week earlier when like uh the last issue came out but it, uh i just uh you know it's one of the best things i've read in a long time comic or otherwise yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's just a defining run on Black Panther, I think. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Huge world building. To do. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, Chris, what's next for you? What are you working on next? Anything you want to plug? Other than um, clearing out your comics collection? Have... <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a couple projects I'm hoping to uh, uh, take out in the fall uh, that I'm working on at the moment. Um, and then, uh, you know, have a couple of meetings come up that I'm excited about that uh, hopefully I'll be able to announce those things. And um, other than that, uh, yeah, just enjoying the NBA playoffs and writing and, uh, you know, <laughs> More tall trying people. to uh, enjoy a post pandemic world. Yeah. Excellent. Um, if you want, follow me on, on the Twitter at the Dunniverse. And also uh, yeah, before I go, like, uh, uh, just a shout out to uh, Tony Morgan, who is a, a friend of my my girlfriend, who who loves you guys and follows you guys Aww. on Twitter. Ah, that's, awesome. that's so nice. Hey, Tony, uh, thank you so much for shouting. Tony! Out. And, hey, Tony and yeah. Chris, thank you. It was so good seeing you. Hopefully, yeah, those it was great birds seeing don't you, catch you, uh, carry you away. That would be a you, real bummer. Yeah, it would be. It would suck. And just again, like you guys, your shows uh, have always meant a lot to me. Anytime you guys need a a guest last minute or just a a guest overall, or hopefully I'll get to have beers with you when I come to the city in a couple months. That'd be great. Reach out, reach out to your friend, Justin, and just let him know and arrange it or whatever. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm good at Justin's people reach out to us. (laughs) Chris. And you know what? I'll bring my bird guy. Okay. Bring your bird guy. Chris, have a good night. Good seeing you. Great seeing your face. To the Dunamaniacs at the Dunniverse. Yeah. You know, it's funny you guys went with that. That used to be my um, my Instagram handle uh, because I was a big Hulk Hogan fan. Then the Gawker tape came out, and 
felt like good to move away from that from a brand. Third took a step back. Third took a step back. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, Chris. Have a good night. All right, guys. Thanks. See so you later, much. man. Yeah. yeah. Take care of yourself. All right. There we go. Chris Dunn, oh, great guy. Man. Always good so seeing him. Fun. Two great yeah. Chris's on one show. Unbelievable. Oh. Unbelievable hat trick right there. No, it's not. Only two. <laughs> two. <laughs> two. Alex <laughs> crushing the sports uh, analogies as yeah. usual. Boots is getting to you, buddy. Really Classic tiny hat strong. trick. Uh, but we do have some other questions here we can get through. Uh, this is from Kevin. Says, what's a category of product tie-in for comics that you think is still ripe for exploration? Product tie-in? So it's perhaps an underserved yes. uh, side, is what we're saying. Yeah. Um, probably not ice cream bars, I would say. We have an ice cream truck mm-hmm. that now parks out literally right outside of our house every evening, and they've got that whole thing on lock. There's nice. Spider-Man bars. There's Batman bars. There's probably something else. I don't know, but they got it's it. It's funny that they're parking in front of your house. It's almost as if you went there enough, and they were like, this guy's <laughs> yeah. uh, some yeah. sort of sugar freak. I mean, you uh, know the Simpsons thing where it's like, lady, he's putting my kids through college. It definitely feels one hundred percent like that every day now my daughter is like i can use my own money to buy things we're like you already had dessert (laughs) come on well i don't know that's power and let me just say alex you buy candy more than almost any other person the only other person i know that buys more Mm -hmm. candy than you is next to you right now it's pete lepage Pete LePage, we are doing, uh, we've mentioned this on the podcast before, we're doing a Sweet Tooth podcast called Candy Men, which everybody should subscribe to. We're going to review episodes of Sweet Tooth and also review a piece of candy. The only thing that Pete cares about on this podcast is the candy. (laughs) That is it. Yeah. Uh, Just getting, getting through to it to the candy like smash through everything else text us being like hey when do you guys want to tape doesn't ask about the taping he's like hey when do you guys want to buy candy that's yeah. the main thing yeah yeah he's gonna I, get that candy i I'll recently get a question from... uh discovered toblerone and now my whole world's fucked up uh hollywood homer is asking by the way will the sweet tooth podcast be in the regular feed no it will not it's going to be in its own feed in the candy men a sweet tooth podcast feed um for now maybe we will have something a little extra for patreon subscribers we'll see on friday mm, but nice job uh, thank you uh but as is yeah if you want to get it they're going to be rolling out once a day starting on friday in candy men a sweet tooth podcast so check that out I love Pete you, Toblerone. So you had never like taken in chocolate in a triangle form. So that no, but been... dude, I love the whole set. First off, unbelievable <laughs> chocolate. But then it's got the little part that you break off and you kind of like pez your way through a Toblerone. It's fucking it's, magical. It's like a Hershey bar, but in a vertical triangle form. Yeah, the know, triangle like crunchy, crunchy candy almonds as well. Here we go. Here we go. Now you try to sneak in candy <laughs> reviews in here. Candy reviews where they belong. I'm just trying to pivot the podcast. You're trying Good to get. Uh, we're going to be in, in one year. We're going to be like, did we ever talk about comic books? Because all we do is talk about different jelly beans or whatever the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> jelly Bean Club. I mean, Peter and I were talking about this before you got here. The thing about Toe the Road is it's one of those candy bars that I think only pe- people only get at airports. That's it. 100%. <laughs> That's the only place. And every time somebody gets it, they're like, oh, this is great. We should get this more often. And then they never do. Um, and if you guys have another off mic candy conversation without me, I'm gonna fucking come for you. You yeah, bring include me in these candy convos. I don't know. Get you off your here? fucking yacht and yeah, get here exactly. on time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, great. We got a question here. With a polo shirt on and fucking yacht. 
We got a question here from John George. My balls are super hairy. Any suggestions on how I could deal with that? Uh, great question, John. We actually don't have any suggestions. Uh, Manscaped! We don't Manscaped. have any suggestions we because any we're not paid. being paid. Yeah. <laughs> All I just get paid one time and I'll still fucking bark for them because I tell you what, I trust my balls for those things. They did them right. They did them right. <laughs> Man, that's amazing. Unsolicited. <laughs> uh, this is from Stray Bullet. So right now, Batman is no longer a billionaire, lost his mansion, lost his butler, RIP, and lives in a brownstone, Oof. eventually leading up to him being declared dead. Maybe eventually this will probably go back to status quo. What's one of your favorite character shakeups that you wish never went back to normal? Ooh. I mean, that's... I'll tell you, we've talked about this before on the show, but first one that came to mind is Steve Rogers being dead. Uh, just Bucky as Cap was so good. I really mm. like Bucky as Cap. Also liked Sam as Cap Falcon, later on, yeah. but uh, that Brubaker run that eventually pivoted to Bucky being Cap just felt so dark and conflicted. We were not to keep plugging podcasts, but I, I think we were talking about this on the Patreon Slack, the idea, or somebody mentioned this. The idea that uh, going into Captain America, the first Avenger, coming out the same time as the Ed Brubaker run, it felt like, oh, yeah, this is going to be like a dark spy thriller, like the Bucky Cap stuff. And it's not at all. We just talked about Captain America, the first Avenger on the Marvel Vision podcast. And that was definitely the bummer for me watching that movie. And then years later, it's gotten better and better the more I've watched it. But um, that was great. That reinvention was great. And... uh, I don't know. I understand they needed to bring Steve Rogers back. There's been great Steve Rogers stories since then, but that Bucky Cap stuff was so good. I would have been happy if they kept with it. Uh, similar, similarly, um, shout out to Ben the Border Collie with um, Dick Grayson as Batman. Um, I agree that was a great, um, great run with him there and Damien. Uh, but I was going to say Grayson as a uh, an age as Agent Thirty Seven, which I thought was a great run of comics uh i would say uh when um uh, cyclops killed professor x uh i would have liked to kind of stayed there where cyclops is just not a part of it he's kind of like get away and then you know we don't have to deal with lollipop head that'd be cool great wow so like the saddest time well Uh, or the greatest time you know it depends on your perspective Here's a question from C.T. Kook over on YouTube. Who's got the more fuckable spaceship, Beta Rebill's Scuttlebutt or Phantom X's Eva? <laughs> you know, I get this question a lot. Scuttle, <laughs> and I, gotta Scuttle, say- <laughs> I gotta say, Scuttlebutt is transforming and, like, really coming through here. So, uh, and hopefully uh, a magical love story, but we'll see what happens. But you're more of a buck guy, right, Pete? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of an aspect. <laughs> uh, so you love Scuttlebutt. I'm going to give it up for. Uh, I'm going to go on a third way. The um, Grant Morrison's um, ship made of music. I want to get oh, with that music wow. ship. Oh yeah. <laughs> Does danger count? Danger isn't really a ship. Danger is a room, right? Yeah, it is a room. Or it's a, per- a sort of a person in, at a time. Mm-hmm. A robot. Who's, okay, well let's around. do that then. Who do you think is the most fuckable person? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I, get oh. that, I get that question a lot. Uh, <laughs> really going to my head, I guess. We're seeing those taillights. 
<laughs> this is from Hollywood Homer. Will Pete do another moth show or Alex and Justin do one? <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm trying to uh, figure out they're like bringing moth storytelling back around. So uh, once yeah. that gets going back and uh, yeah, I plan on uh, uh, getting on that for sure. Is I that going to be is it going to be live or is it going to be virtual? Do you know? Uh, they're doing they're doing live ones. Uh, so yeah, they're bring, trying to bring back the, the live shows. So, and did you ever release your moth story that you told? Because um, I, I feel like I have a recording of it, or you, or I, I recorded it for you, or something. Uh, yeah, I mean there was that. Yeah, there was that story that we worked on. But yeah, I, on YouTube, I have a couple of the moth stories uh, posted. If you just uh, Google my name, uh, they come up. Awesome. Worth a listen. And yes, Alex and I will um, get together and do a two-man story. Yes. We have a lot of tales about to Pete. Tell. Yep. <laughs> Just crazy. It'll be, it'll be a me. rebuttal to whatever Pete is doing. That's yeah, how that right. works, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Does anyone? It's like a wedding. Does anyone would like to stand up and just shit on the person that just? Uh... <laughs> Is that how weddings work? I don't think that's how weddings work. In my hometown, they right. do. Uh, thank you, everybody, for coming to this wedding. And now it is time for the rebuttals. The. Re- <laughs> I mean, that's what it is when they're like, does anyone, would anyone like to stand up and um, say, don't do this to these people? Oh, yeah. All right. That's fair. All right. We're going to move on with our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePay. Pete LePay. Oh, I got to sober up. I got to sober up. All right. Here we go. Not possible. All right. First of all, just to set this up, uh, say first end up or me or something, you're going to win $25. Take it away, Pete. Yeah, this is the part we give you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win 25 free dollars to Midtown Comics Online. Get yourself some uh, sweet, sweet comics. Uh, all we need is a uh, first hand up, and you can win through our trivia contest. Uh, all you have to do is get all three questions right in the trivia. Uh, so, yeah, we just need a brave volunteer. Oh, John George. Oh, we got John George. If he's saying he's if saying, no one's on YouTube, if if he's not he's into just the shouting tube, out the tube. He's like, hey, listen, if somebody on the tube wants to get in. If not, he's in. And obviously, for those of you listening, if you want to jump in on this uh, trivia at any time, come join us on the YouTube link on a Tuesday night. It's so easy to get in here. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what. Why don't we do this as well? If you're interested in doing trivia next week or any week past this point, Email us comicbookclublive at gmail.com and we can pre book you for a little bit of trivia. Oh, that's weird. That's nice. Yeah. But I'll guess. tell you what. Oh, we got a. Uh, oh, I just invited John in and Easy Reader raised his hand at the same time. Wow. Oh, there we go. Hey, John. <laughs> Easy Reader. Right. Next Easy week. Reader. We will get you next week. How's it going? Oh, look at the sweet tooth behind you. That's awesome. Love oh, it. All right, John, that's you know nice. how this works. Who made that? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, We're going to start this up. Pete, take it away. All right. Today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small. Hey, it's Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Aaron's eating cannolis. That sounds delicious. All right. A small nod to the legend Paul Uh, Mooney. All right. (laughs) Yeah, we heard you say I can't. Oh, I can't eat. Okay, anyways, uh, question number one. Whose villains will be in variant covers this June? 
coming out from Marvel. Is it A, Spider-Man, B, Wolverine, or is it C, Joey Fatone? So it's either A is correct. Nailed it. You are correct. All right, here we go. Question number two, John. And I appreciate you just showing the top of your uh, face there, not the whole thing. <laughs> what what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic is coming out in August? Is it A, The Last Ronin, B, The Best of Casey Jones, or is it C, Whoopi Goldberg? Mm. So it's either A, and you were closer to $25, or you can pick... Is it A again? It is A again. Wow. Back to back case. Who crack the code. Crack the code. Here wow. we go. Last like, one. I can't get, I can't get Last one. Right. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, yeah, don't you dare take it farther away from your face. You get it right there. All right, here we go. DC announced a fall crossover event, including Suicide Squad and blank. Is it A, Superman, B, Swamp Thing, or is it C, Donald Faison? So it's I either... Yeah, it is B! Wow. $25 will be yours. All right. Congratulations. You, you won guys. $25 at Midtown Comics. Thanks, John. <laughs> Aaron, enjoy the cannoli. That cannoli sounds fun. That's a Great fun to cannoli. Hear Aaron's laugh. I miss Aaron's laugh so much. Oh, my gosh. Uh, now, what is your secret quiz inside of the quiz, Pete? That's right. Uh, it is the 2000, uh, 2006 hit movie, Homie Spumoni. <laughs> now you're just sure is. Up. Great. Uh, so new comic books come out all the time. We're very excited for them. Thank what are you, you looking forward to, Pete? Oh, I'll tell you, um, I'm very interested in the new uh, uh, Lobo uh, kind of team-up book that is coming out for DC, and I'm excited to talk about that on the stack. Yeah, what's the name of it? Uh, I believe it's Crushing Lobo? That's right. You nailed it. Wow. Number one. Pete nailing it. Out today. Yeah, there you go. What about you, Already Justin? You what are you looking forward to? It. Um, I am looking forward to um, another comic that is currently out, The Nice House on the Lake. Got you, Alex. I knew it was coming. Man, this is a good comic uh, by James Tynion IV, fresh out from D.C. today. Really great premise. Just expertly done in the setup. Really enjoyed it. Um, And, Alex, I'll give you a minute to um, hastily pick something else. Because I want to shout out Deadly Class. Deadly Class right now is so good. Issue 46 came out, or is coming out. Um, And that is a a great comic. Like, Remender's just, he and Wes Craig are just right in their prime with this. Despite the fact that it's already been, uh, they've done such a long run and it's been a TV show. I mean, other than Nice House on the Lake, and I did, uh, I, I think my actual most anticipated comic of the week, which is wild to me, is Batman Fortnite Zero Point number four, just because I've been loving that book so much. But to shout out something non-DC, I wanted to call out the Invincible Red Sonja number two, just because Jimmy Palmiotti, Amanda Connor, Moritat on art, that is such a good team, and they're writing the hell out of Red Sonja story, so I've really been enjoying a lot. All of those things are going to be on our Stack podcast, which comes out Wednesday at... 9 a.m. in the comic book club feed and in its dedicated stack feed. And folks, that is it for this week's show. We 
want to thank our amazing guests, the two Chris's. Chris Walker, check out Urbatame. Relic is live now, and more titles are coming down the pike. Also, Chris Dunn, check him out online at, what was it, Dunamaniac? Uh, no, the, 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 un- the underscore Dunniverse. Yes. The underscore Dunniverse. There you go. Uh, but thanks uh, for him coming on. That was awesome. Next week, we have a huge Just- show for you guys. Very Wait. big show. Wait, what? Justin made that drawing of Sweet Tooth behind John? Yeah, Vegan Tooth. Wow, man. Nice work. All right, wait. I want to plug the show that we have next week because it's a big one. We are going to have Joshua Williamson is going to be here to talk about the final issue of Birthright that is coming out. So that's very exciting. We're going to talk about the whole Justin, you're going to lose your mind, dude. And not only that, we're also going to have Michael W. Conrad and Becky Cloonan are going to be here to talk about their Wonder Woman run, which has been amazing. Which we love. This is a huge show. Huge show. Huge show. Definitely tune in. Also, Candyman, a Sweet Tooth podcast kicking off on Friday every single day for Uh, eight days straight. Marvel Vision, a Marvel podcast is doing a MCU rewatch and then kicking off with Loki next week. Riverdale After Dark doing special episodes all over the place. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support this show and all the other shows that we do. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, follow, and listen at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, raise a glass to Gotham City. Good night, everybody. Yeah, back to the yacht, King.